0: Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, These are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking.
1: Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode, we welcome Meredith Wealth. Mark Meredith and Zach Joyner are about to join us. But before we have them do, I want to thank my sponsors. First, Synchrony HR, NWO IT Services, Edward Jones, Go Brand Go, Enterprise Bank and Trust, and the Tom James Company. And now to this week's episode with Mark Meredith and Zach Joyner. Mark Meredith, Zachary Joyner, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you guys coming on today.
0: Good morning. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Happy to be here,
1: Brian. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you both could join. This is actually the first podcast episode I've ever done with uh, with multiple guests, so uh, which should be fun and interesting, but I'm excited to have you both on today. Obviously, Zach, you and I have known each other. Uh, a very, very long time. I don't even remember yep. when, when we met each other, probably grade school somewhere in that area. And so I uh, appreciate you coming on. And Mark, it's a pleasure to meet you a few weeks ago and excited to kind of dive in on Meredith Wealth. Great. So I always kind of start with my guest um, in the beginning. And so I know you guys have had different paths that have led to now Meredith Wealth, but let's kind of start there. Talk to us about starting the business and what made you decide to start, to start it, Mark?
0: Yeah, sounds great. Well, initially I was a financial planner for about eight years at a community bank over here in Illinois, and I always had a vision that there was a better way to structure and operate the advisory business. I didn't think that financial advisors should receive commissions from their clients. I didn't think they should charge based on assets under management. I thought there was a lot of potential conflicts of interest uh, running those types of businesses. And when I looked around the geographical area here, I didn't see any firms that were fee only and that charged a flat fee for service for financial planning and investment management. So I started to think there might be a business opportunity here. And I thought maybe I should be the guy to run that. So I always looked for a reason to leave my current employer. And finally, in about 2018, our bank was bought out by another bank. And the new bank asked me to sign a non-solicitation agreement. So at that time, I had built up a pretty considerable client base. And I decided it would be a good time to part ways with the institution I was working for and branch out on my own. And then you had it, right? So you mentioned a couple things in there
1: um, about ha- having a different way or wanting to, to build a different type of a business. So talk to us about what that is that you were looking to do and what makes you and your firm
0: different. Well, the traditional advisory structure is to charge clients based on assets under management. So a client that has more assets under management is usually paying more in fees. And uh, what Zach and I see is that it doesn't usually lead to more work uh, just because someone has a higher dollar amount of assets. So we implemented a flat fee structure where every client pays the same and every client gets about the same service. You know, just because they have more numbers on the computer screen doesn't mean it takes more hours of our time. Uh, so that's one thing that makes us different. We also buy in or we don't buy into the conventional wisdom that uh, financial advisors can consistently pick winning stocks or predict market movements in advance or economic events. Uh, we don't buy into the notion that larger and more experienced research teams add any in value to the client. So a lot of the evidence actually shows uh, the exact opposite on many of those issues. So. All the research shows that uh, most advisory firms underperform the market when they attempt to pick winning portfolios. Uh, Costs matter a lot more than people would like to admit. And uh, the more we can save our clients on cost and taxes, uh, I think the better end outcome they will have over time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Zach, from your perspective, I know you joined the firm um, after Mark had started a a couple of years later, but talk to us about what made you decide to kind of join the firm and how you saw what Mark was doing as different and, and intriguing.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, so, you know, Mark and I had uh, met a couple of years ago, just after he had uh, started the firm. And, you know, we were obviously uh, in the same industry, in the same geographic location. So uh, we just started talking. And, um, you know, I had at that point was was considering maybe starting my own firm as well. And, um, you know, he explained to me how he had got up and running and his fee structure at that point. And, it just seemed like what I wanted to do was what he basically had already done. Um, And and at that point, it was just a uh, just kind of waiting for the right time um, uh, to, to kind of link up. And it, uh, it happened, you know, sooner than, than expected, you know, two years later, um, we're already at a point where uh, Mark was at capacity. So um, it made sense for me to, to kind of plug in and, uh, and take on uh, most of the newer relationships. But, you know, working at other uh, firms that I that I have, uh, I've, I've kind of seen that, you know, the value that customers get in this industry is, uh, is pretty level in terms of the, the planning service, you know, we all have we all have our our planning software, we all have our technology that we use. And, you know, we are dealing with the same tax laws, the same estate planning laws, uh, the same markets. Um, So really there's not a lot of, you're not going to see a big uh, difference in, you know, portfolio returns, for example, between firms, right? Everyone's kind of, it's a level playing field from that extent. So the, the fee structure is really where I see the biggest value in a, uh, a client's relationship with a wealth management firm. And that flat fee structure is just, I think that's just the uh, what sets us apart. And that's where the biggest value add uh, to our client base is. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, let's talk about Mark, you know, starting the business, there had to be some challenge that kind of came up when you, you know, when you leave a big institution like you were at, and then you you start your own business. And, you know, I, I have business owners and CEOs on this podcast all the time. And everybody has challenges when they start their business and and continue to have challenges as we go through, you know, through life. But when you look back when you started this back in 2018, what were some of those challenges that you were faced with that you had to overcome?
0: Well, that's a period of my time. I really would not want to relive again. (laughs) Uh, There was many challenges, you know, about eight hours after I left my old firm, I was served with a cease and desist order from my former employer. Uh, I was wrongfully accused of violating my employment agreement there. Um, You know, I turned to uh, expert attorneys to help with that and navigate that situation Uh, just Shortly later, about two months, we had a very traumatic birth experience of our second child, Cecilia, and we ended up in the NICU for about 10 days. Uh, she did make a tremendous turnaround and ended up being okay, but uh, I was still bringing over clients at that time and working remotely from the NICU. I'm not sure if uh, some of the clients knew that or not, but uh, we really had no choice but to make it work. You know, uh, I thought, you know, if I don't make this work, I'm not going back to work at another institution. But the the biggest change I would say was you're going from a big institution with 400, 500 employees, and now you're on an island all by yourself, and you're trying to bring over 100 clients all at once, and there's no one there to help. And I did put myself in that situation voluntarily, and I don't regret it, but it it was a big shock to the system all at once, and I ended up losing 15 pounds my first two weeks of work. I didn't have time to eat or think about eating, and uh, I think... After my daughter was born, I lost uh, half the hair on my head, so...
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, but to your point about going from a big institution with 500 employees to living on an island by yourself, I mean, I think a lot of people who are listening to this episode who have either started a business or, um, or done anything along those lines probably felt very similar, right? You, you go from having operations and processes and teams in place to now it's, now it's you, now you're the leader of the firm and it's now your responsibility to make sure it works, right? Because you got, you got people at home to answer to and clients to answer to and things along those lines. So, um, You know, I I would imagine that, you know, some of those challenges, like you say, you look back, you don't regret them. But I bet you you look back, you might have done some things a little differently going, you know, if you had to do it all over again.
0: Yeah, there's probably no doubt about that. Um, You know, I I initially had second guesses, you know, for the first few weeks, but everything started to click very quickly after that. And uh, it was well worth the extra stress at the moment.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the future of the firm. Talk to me, guys, about kind of the goals of the firm and how do you guys see yourselves growing and and growing markets marketplace. Yes.
0: Yeah, so um, my initial goal was to get to about 120, 130 clients on my own, and then figure out the future at that point. So recently, I did get to my client capacity limit that I self imposed. And I thought, you know, I have a good opportunity here to continue growing the business beyond myself. And I found a person that I really trusted that could help do that. So I decided uh, to reach out to Zach and see if he was interested in still working together. And that's when I brought him on. So the goal now is to uh, build Zach's client base up to 100 plus clients and uh, really just grow one advisor at a time after that.
1: Absolutely. Zach, you have anything to share on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, pr- pretty much exactly uh, uh, what Mark said. Um, I, I don't envision that we will uh, have multiple locations with you know twenty plus people and and all that. I don't think don't think that's uh, you know the size we want to get to. I, I think we want to be you know we want to be a uh, a community a trusted community planner, and um, we want to provide a service that is fair to our neighbors. Um, and yeah, our growth, uh, you know, is primarily, it's, it's a nice mix of referrals and also just, you know, advertising, digital advertising, uh, which we just started a campaign on that. Um, but yeah, we've been very, you know, the, the growth over the last, uh, I mean, even the last year has been uh, very remarkable, above average. Um, and uh, we want to maintain that.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's great.
2: And now, for a quick
1: break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Enterprise Bank & Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit EnterpriseBank.com. And now, back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Let's shift gears here a little bit and talk a little bit more about the the current state of our economic affairs and um, you know where things are sitting economically as a, as a country. Uh, obviously, you guys probably pay more attention to this than I than I do. But when you think about where we're at currently and where we're going, I know that a lot of that really depends on where COVID goes and how we, you know the rest of this year and, and next year plays out from a COVID perspective. But where do you guys see the current state of our economic wealth here in the country?
0: I think the uh, the economic state at the moment there is many problems that were caused by the global response to COVID and they are ongoing still. Which you know, chip shortages, labor shortages, high inflation, supply chain issues. These things still need to be worked out. Uh, the timeline on that is very uncertain. You know, the Fed has been pretty adamant that inflation would be transitory, and now they seem to be backing off that verbiage a little bit and uh, inflation may be a little higher for a little longer than people originally thought. So we don't know what the future holds. Uh, If if you would have asked anyone two years ago what would happen over the next two years, I don't think anybody would have guessed it right. And even if you know tomorrow's news in advance, I don't think it's going to help you make money in markets. I mean, just if we knew what was going to happen in 2020, we probably would not have forecasted all-time high housing prices, all-time high stock prices, Uh, Tesla stock earning 800% last year. So I'm not so sure knowing the news would help. But I also know enough to know, I don't know what's going to happen in the future.
1: (laughs) Very, very smart advice right there. Actually, to your point, it's, uh, it's very hard to predict the future. But I would agree with you on the current state of where things are at. And um, yeah, inflation is high. And, and I think there's a lot of a lot of issues are facing a lot of businesses right now. And the biggest one that I'm privy to is obviously labor shortages, right? I, I deal in the HR space. And so I have a lot of clients and a lot of prospects who are trying to find talent um, and good talent and get people to come to work. And I think we're hopefully slowly getting out of that. I think the the way that the government did the unemployment um, you know, hurt a lot of businesses. Uh, I think it, it lasted a little bit longer than it probably should have. Um, but hopefully we're coming out of that. And a lot of these organizations and restaurants will be able to get, um, get talent back in. I, I know my wife went to a restaurant this weekend. She was out with her mom and, and they went to a, a Chipotle and the Chipotle was close to close. It was only online ordering because they didn't have enough people to, to actually work inside. So, um, <laughs> I'm hoping that we'll, that'll eventually fade away here as we round out of 2021 and into 2022.
0: Oh yeah. We're all praying for that.
1: Absolutely. Let's talk about 2020 and how COVID really impacted your guys' industry. Um, Obviously, there was a ton of uncertainty when COVID first came out and the stock market went way down, but now it's rebounded way past where it was. So kind of talk to us about what you guys did with your clients and how
0: you guys kind of managed that that crisis that we had. Well, I was on the phone day and night with clients, uh, responding to emails nonstop. The clients... You know, they're looking for a voice of reason during a chaotic time like that. So most clients you know, want, you to tell, want you to tell them that everything's going to be okay. I knew that markets would recover. I did not know how long it would take or you know, the magnitude of uh, the recovery or what that would be. But I knew financial history uh, shows us that usually when you see these type of panicked selling in markets, that prices may drop a little more than they should. So it actually it ended up being a pretty opportune time to increase one stock allocation or add money into the market. But uh, at the time, it looked like the world was ending. You know, there was zero economic activity happening. Uh, I was still able to come to work every day because I worked by myself, but I noticed uh, there was hardly any cars on the road. You I know, mean, it was a very eerie time um, last March, so. There are the other types of clients that want you to confirm every pre-existing fear they have. And uh, so it just takes some hard conversations for clients like that uh, to tell them that the world is not ending. If it does, you can't make any money betting on the end of the world.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know I was, um, for those who know me, I was in Scottsdale, Arizona uh, when all everything kind of went down last, uh, last year. I was getting married, actually. I got married on March 20th. Um, my, my immediate family was there. My wife's immediate family was there and it was, everybody was glued to the TV. My wife and I were trying to figure out, okay, are we still getting married? How are we going to pull this off? <laughs> um, all of those types of conversations were happening. My dad was there. My dad was paying attention to the stock market. He was planning on retiring at the end of last year, which he, he eventually did. But, you know, there was a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty for a lot of people that especially, you know, in my dad's position, you know, he was banking on his retirement to or his, you know, his uh, 401k and you know, all his retirement funds to be there for him when he did retire so that he could continue to live. Um, and so, yeah, there, I'm sure there was, he had a lot of, a lot of conversations with his advisor at that time. And I'm sure you had a lot of similar conversations with a lot of your clients.
0: Yeah. And there was a term being a thrown around a lot at that time, the V-shaped recovery, which some people did predict, you know, this would be a short, uh, but drastic economic downturn, which it was, but there was a lot of fiscal stimulus injected, a lot of monetary measures taken to, uh, you know, provide liquidity to the markets. Uh, so far, it looked like some of that has worked, but there definitely uh, is a cost coming and we're experiencing some of that already.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about your guys' view on leadership. Obviously, a lot of this podcast is for aspiring leaders and leaders that are already out there in our community. Um, you know, I would consider both of you guys leaders. You're, you're obviously uh, starting a business and running a business, and and uh, not only are we leading you know our clients and helping them make good decisions about their retirement and and uh, their future, but you're also you know have employees that you're, you're you're leading. So talk to us about your guys' views on
2: leadership. Yeah, Brian. Uh, so you know the view on leadership is uh, leadership is about setting examples, right? It's about Um, being an example in your, in your, uh, uh, in your, in your team and showing your, uh, team members, how to, how to carry themselves, right. You have to, you have to be the standard, uh, so to speak. So, you know, that's getting in early, leaving late, right. If you come in at 10 and you leave at three, well, you're setting a, uh, maybe not the best example, um. There's a uh, if you remember the old movie with or older movie with Mel Gibson, uh, We Were Soldiers, Um, It's a movie about Vietnam. And he was a general, I guess, in that movie. And he uh, referenced in the beginning of it that he was going to be the first man off the helicopter when it landed in the war zone and the last man on the helicopter when it left. And they pointed that out in that movie very clearly. His foot was the first one to hit the ground when they landed. And it was the last one up when they left, so you know I think I think that's the primary uh, uh, you know view on leadership. You have to set the example. You have to be the standard, and how you act and how you carry yourself is uh, is going to be how your team is going to is going to approach it and how they're going to follow. Absolutely, I would one hundred percent agree
1: with you. It's one of the one of the foundations of being a good leader is if you're coming in slacking off and you know chatting and talking and not doing a whole lot of work your your team members that are working for you are working with you alongside you are going to think that that's okay um but if you come in and you and work hard and as you mentioned zach your first one in last one out um you know nobody's going to want to want to be that working for somebody like that 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 and then they do the exact opposite, right? So, exactly. um, I think it's—I think that's great advice. Would you say, Zach? Probably that's one of you think is the one of the most important things that a leader needs to remember is that they're that not only as a leader, but they got to lead by example.
2: Yeah, that—that's—that's that's exactly it. I mean, it's—it's a—it's uh, a situation where you're obviously, you know, people are looking at you, right, to make the right decisions, to to be the example, and you have to understand that. And you have to um, obviously, uh, uh, as well. You ha- you have to be a team approach to everything, right? Not a leader also has to understand they're not solely responsible for the success. They're they're an integral part, but it's the team working together that accomplishes the goals. It's it's bigger than one individual. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Well, I always, you know, people on this podcast sometimes will tell me that you know it's. The, the biggest thing for a leader to remember is that the employees that they are employing are the ones who are actually leading the organization. Um, but if you lead as an, as a leader, or, you know, as a lead more as a manager rather than a leader, then your employees are going to look like you look at you just as a manager instead of, you know, giving them opportunities to, to uh, make decisions themselves and not micromanage them. All those, all those things weigh into the factor of not only the company culture, but the team environment, how hard somebody will work for the organization. So those are all great things
2: to remember. Exactly.
1: Mark, have you ever read any books? Obviously, when you decided to start your career and start your own uh, you know, organization here, were there any books that maybe you've read that had kind of helped shape your views on the future of your organization and your views on leadership?
0: Yeah, usually when I read, I stick to finance and economics. But uh, one book does stand out in that regard that I, I read some time ago. I, I don't think I'm going to be the first person that ever mentioned this book on your podcast, but... Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, I thought had a lot of great insights into the realm of leadership. Absolutely. Great book. Yeah. And uh, very simple book to understand, very straightforward, but um, I'm I'm sure it ranks probably near the highest uh, in the leadership category of any book.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We always talk about on this podcast that if you want to be a good leader, you got to continue to you know read and educate yourself on on values of leadership whether that's reading books whether that's listening to leadership podcast or whatever it may be it's amazing how much um, you know tidbits you can take out of something like that that you can apply to your day-to-day life so that's that's a great book that I that you suggested there and I would highly suggest anybody who hasn't read that book to obviously check it out you know guys I always end this podcast by asking my guests to really leave us with one piece of advice and that can be business related that can be personal life related Um, but if you can leave us today with one piece of advice, what would it be?
2: Well, Brian, I actually have, uh, uh, two, uh, little, little, uh, points to mention on this. Um, you know, the first is, uh, success, however you gauge it, right? Whatever it may be personal in business, whatever. Um, the path to that success is not linear, right? It's not just the straight path. It's a, uh, it's a very up and down non-linear path. And uh, there is failure. uh, There is disappointment along the way. I mean, that is just, that's one of the main ingredients of success is failure. You just have to, you just have to deal with it. Um, So take that failure, that disappointment and use that to help drive you to where you want to be. So just, just remember that failure, disappointment, that isn't the end of the world. That is a learning experience. And that is getting you From A to B, Uh, and the second point I'd like to mention that I think this is an important exercise that everybody should do is visualize where you want to be in the future. And I don't I don't mean just think. Oh yeah, you know I want to be rich. I want to live in a big house. I mean don't don't think of it like that. Think about how you want to be in the future, uh, the type of person you want to be, the type of job you want to have. You have to visualize before it can become a reality. It doesn't just happen. You have to see it before it can actually happen. So, uh, you know, those are two things I think are, are helpful to, for people to remember. Yeah. Both great points. Appreciate you
1: sharing those guys. If you, uh, if anybody listening to this episode wants to find you guys or, or check you guys out, where is there a website they can look, look you guys up at, or where can they get a contact with you?
0: Just meredithwealth.com. All our contact information is right there on the website.
1: All right. Well, on behalf of myself and the STL Leaders Podcast, I appreciate you both coming on here today. Appreciate you sharing your insight in, you know in the economy and you know what you guys are doing differently as a firm to kind of change things up as a, in the financial advising world. Um, appreciate you both being great STL Leaders, and thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.